On the Overtime Podcast, we have the head coach of the Minnetonka Skippers, Sean Goldsworthy, state champion, Class 2A head coach, that is, for the second time, I think the first one, Sean, 2018, correct? Uh, thanks, Wags. Yeah, that is correct. Yep. Hey, thanks for joining us. I mean, I know you and I were talking a little bit off air before we started this that the whirlwind of what you guys go through is real, and you need a week at least to recover because it is compressed into a big thing. You know, when people look at these games, you see the big show that it is. But there's also games that go into all of this stuff that you guys have to prepare for, which are different, and you don't know who it's going to be until the last minute. So uh, I'm sure you're exhausted. How are you holding up? Well, I, I think it's Wednesday. I'm not certain, but I'm pretty confident <laughs> it's Wednesday. Uh, it's a sprint. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, these are first row problems. We are still just ecstatic. Um, I think we're having our, our banquet tonight, uh, but the kids are just really happy. The, the program, the community, everything about it is just a whirlwind, obviously. But uh, it's been it's been quite a ride for the last you know week or so here, and we're just trying to get our feet under us in a good way. You mentioned the pride in the community, and there's a lot of pride when it comes to Skipper Athletics, and especially there's something special about Minnetonka hockey, and you having been an alumni, a number of alumni on your staff as well. Can you encapsulate how galvanized the community is over this win? Well, it, it you know, stuff like this doesn't happen with just a, a small group. It's It takes a village, and I know that's a cliche, but it really does. You have to... Uh, you have to have a, a combined effort, a collaborative effort between your youth program all the way through your high school program. You got to communicate well. You got to have different expectations at each level. You, you have to really believe in in the process. You know, I know we talk about that as well at the high school level, but that that does have to kind of feed into the youth program all the way through. And then it, and then it goes into your just entire administration, your staffing. You know, we have a great uh, setup at Minnetonka at the high school. It's one of the best schools in the state. Uh, not to mention our administration, you know, our, I, I think I have the best AD in the state named Ted, Ted Schultz. He just does a wonderful job supporting the coaches and the teams and the players <clears throat> and our community inside the school is, is really supportive. I think you saw that at the tourney, like we're, we're well supported by their friends, their families, extended community. It, it takes a large effort to make something like this happen. And, and more importantly, to do it the right way with the right energy. So we're thrilled. Obviously, my staff, you know, I'm just so blessed. We got guys like Steve Aronson, who's, you know, was, was with Brian here before me. You know, Brian is an alum, you know, so I'm an alum. Uh, we have assistant coaches like Mike Johnson, our goalie coaches and alumni, Steve Johnson, Jack Ramsey. I mean, you can go down the, down the line of guys that have been in our program for a long time, either playing or now coaching, uh, that give back their time and energy for free. <clears throat> and that's what it takes. So in a community-based model, you know, Minnesota model, that's the, it really requires that, all that energy together. Well, I have the saying with a friend of mine who I coached goaltenders with until a couple of years ago, and if there was something that was extra work and required a lot, we'd always say, you must really love the game. <laughs> and you know yeah. what? It's the truth. Is is I think a lot of your guys, you, uh, you know, I mean, let's be honest. You guys do not get wealthy coaching these high school teams because we know about the budgets and things. But the fact is, is that a lot of this is for the love of the game and the love of the community. Well, it's, that's exactly it. You know, I, you know, after leaving the college game for 20 years, you know, it was a big, big change for me. But uh, I, I, I couldn't see myself anywhere else other than Minnetonka. You know, this is where I grew up. 
Um, it's been overwhelming emotionally for me for the last probably two weeks, just cause I have every youth coach that I played for every, you know, teammate that I played with back in the nineties, reaching out to me, just saying how happy they are and how, how, how neat it is for the experience to repeat itself again. And, and that means a lot to me because it goes deeper than just, you know, the game, the hockey obviously in our community it goes to relationships and it's a deeper level. Well, there's something about the stage, right, of the XL Energy Center, you know, I mean, and the whole vibe. Obviously, I think every team's goal is only four can stay, four go. So when you get to stay after game one and, and just the grandness of semifinal Friday is really, you know, it's special. And then you get to the big show. I bet you that championship game has to feel a little bit surreal in a weird way because either way, this is it. And you're where you want to yep. be. Yeah, you're kind of numb, you know, for Thursday's tricky. You, you got to figure out how to get through the first day. And, and it doesn't matter what seed you are. It doesn't matter um, what opponent. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky window because it's so different than what sections look like or even your normal routine at home. Uh, once you get settled after Thursday, you know, then it's just this grand stage. It's, it's, it's the celebration of high school hockey on the state of Minnesota. And that goes bigger than just the boundaries of St. Paul. So, you know, suddenly now you got people watching from Mexico on spring break. You got people reaching out to you from, you know, we got former pro guys reaching out, watching the game, you know, Justin Hull, Bobby Brink, Keandre Miller, you know, texting me, you know, mid period for crying out loud. So, you know, that's, (laughs) that's pretty cool. So it's just a grander stage on on Friday. I, I, I had a couple times where I was able to just kind of look at it and go, what, this is pretty cool but you know again like as a coach you're just totally locked in on your kids making sure that they have laser focus as well and then on, and then on Saturday you know you just you just find a way to keep surviving in advance and then Saturday is just even more of that experience and I think it hit our kids a little bit more when we were just trying to get from the double tree to the x you know it's about a four block walk but it took us about 30 minutes on the bus um, those stoplights just, it was almost impossible to get through all the, the mass of people on both Friday and Saturday nights. So that's pretty cool there. I love it when the state shuts down for a positive thing like high school sports. So, you know, why not? And, and to bring it down to the X and get to that moment is pretty cool. Let's talk about this group a little bit, then we'll get into the state tournament itself a little bit later. But, you know, this is a group that, um, from, a, a, a broadcaster's perspective, mine, uh, whenever I did your games, I knew I was going to have a fun game. I knew I was going to be able to call a game that had some some flow to it and some tempo and some pucks possession and good scoring chances, you know, all of those things. When you, when you worked with this group in the summer, did you look at it and say, you know what, this is this I like this team? Yeah, you know, at this time last year, I knew we were going to be good. Uh, we had a, a great group of kids uh, returning that were sophomores and juniors uh, into their next year, and I and I knew our leadership was going to be really strong. So I didn't I didn't waver on any you know work ethic or commitment or buy-in. I think these kids know it. But you mentioned a couple terms that we really preach here. You know, we really preach tempo. Uh, I really I really preach uh, preach uh, puck ownership. You know, we we try to have the puck. And we try to make plays. And I think that part of that is just, you know, you're coaching high school hockey. We're not, we're not trying to teach robots. So, you know, we don't want to be a, a dump and chase team. We don't want to slow things down. We don't want to be a team that looks stagnant and standing around. That's the worst thing for these guys and their development and their career. And, and to be quite honest with you, you know, when you talk to kids at this age, it's not very fun. You know, you want to play fast. 
you want to get on a, a breakneck pace and you want to be, you know, as less hesitant as possible. So I think that's a fun way to play at this age group. Uh, it, it can create some long nights for me and my staff, but uh, at the same time, it's a fun way to play hockey. And I think you saw that with our kids throughout the years, we play a really up-tempo style. We're really good in transition. We own the puck and it looks like our kids are unselfish and they have fun together. So like, what's better than that? Like, that's a great, right. you know, little test of, of what we're doing. Now, what would you say is, I'm, I'm curious and fascinated to hear this one. What would you say was the most underrated part of your team? Playing wise. Uh, personnel or, or, or just, style? just uh, what, so, so for me, I would say the most underrated part of your team was, was your depth on the blue line. I don't, I, I felt like yep. they were underappreciated as a group, but I was curious if that was just me and you like loved them and knew, or if you felt that was the case or was it the goaltending, yeah. was there a part of the game that you didn't think was appreciated as much as it should have been? Well, I, I think, you know, people always like to watch your offense and, and your puck movement and how dynamic some of our guys are, but like, you know, I'll just use an example. A couple of our kids, we're really good defensively. Like we buy in. Our kids mm -hmm. bought in from day one. We we made a statement that you can't win a championship without defending. And I think we showed that in the state tournament as well. But, you know, uh, our defensive core uh, is led by, you know, Liam Hupka and John Stelp. But we have some really good players back there. We have, you know, three or four seniors. I suited up eight defensemen every night for that reason. Uh, we have depth back there. Uh, eight of our top 20 are, are defensemen. That's just how our, our roster fell this year. Uh, we have senior leadership at net with Kaiser Nelson. And then I also think just some of our, our best players that are dynamic are, are really good, like, defensively. Like, uh, Javon Moore is one of the best forward-checking and back-checking presences that I've seen here in six years. He's just phenomenal at it. He hunts pucks, and he's and he's all in on it. And he, and he understands that the turnovers create transition and offense, but – he doesn't lack on that. And then all our other guys do it too. Like our best players are also our best penalty killers. We trust them in all moments. Gavin Geary, Hagen Burroughs, you know, uh, Ashton Schultz. So we can go down the line. Lonsky, Sheets. I mean, and then, I, and then I personally think our best player all year from day one to the end of the year was Liam Hupka. Um, I don't know what else he has to do. Um, he's the best leader I've had. He's defensively responsible and he, and he leads our team. So I think those are underrated things right there. I agree with you on the Liam Hupka thing. I don't know what else he has to do. I look at a kid like that and I'm like, you can play for me any day. I don't, you know, it's so yeah. the, the cream will always rise to the top. And, um, you know, it's, you look at a player and you go, well, maybe it's a skating or something. His skating is really good too. So you just, <laughs> it's one of those well, ones, part, you know, part of it is he, you know, he's so humble and he doesn't want any accolades to himself. So he's not going to create a social media account and get out there and right. push, push his own, you know, cause he'll, he'll let it fall where it is. And I'm confident it will happen for him too. But I, I just make those comments sometimes because our senior group of kids, you know, we had eight seniors this year and you don't win something like this if they don't have all, every one of them have their best year. And each one of them did from, you know, Danny Pasqua to Ryan Holzer to, you know, Kaiser Nelson, uh, Jack Sand, uh, Jake McCuskey. We, we, we have a senior named Gabe Tibbetts who, who didn't see the ice much all year, but his leadership was absolutely critical for our success. Uh, you don't win something like that without your senior leadership and just go those kids having their best years. So, you know, when those kids do that, then your younger guys who are really dynamic can just focus on playing. And I think that's kind of what our roster was built like. No, they're the glue, right? So let's get into uh, St. Paul for a minute. So you had that scare with 
with the Pioneers. And we always know that uh, Bill Lechner, no matter what talent level he has, he'll have them doing something that may be different from what maybe they did all year long, or they're going to play the right way that could give you trouble. That game, from a, an X's and O perspective, were, were you like, okay, here we go. This is what he's doing. Were you surprised by anything he did, or were you expecting to see what they tossed at you? Uh, no, we expected that. Bill's a heck of a coach. He's a great person. He's a really good leader. His kids are going to complete buy-in. Uh, I knew when the seedings came out, I knew right away, okay, here we go. You know, right. you're, getting a, you're getting a perennial team that's been there. They're not going to get rattled. They're not going to beat themselves. And and we knew it was going to be one goal game. I mean, did I expect it to go to double OT? Probably not. But uh, I knew we were going to control play. I knew we had the deeper roster. But at the same breath, um, it's it's hockey. You're kind of playing the game of hockey. And at some point, if the other team doesn't beat themselves and is really disciplined, super smart, with great goaltending, you're in a dogfight. It's just yeah. the way it's going to be. It doesn't matter what level of hockey. That's the script of hockey. And if it's done right, and you know Bill Lechner is going to put him in the right spots, Thursday, you know, is going to be a dogfight. So we knew that going into it. I, I don't think our guys were frustrated ever. I think our guys just knew what the game was going to look like. I prepped them that way. And then we just got to keep pushing forward. And if you hit a couple posts, you got to figure out, and you just need the whole 51 minutes to get it done. And you used it. And it goes to show that um, you, it, it's never a good idea. And I think for kids, this is hard to do, even no matter how much you, you could harp on it. You never judge a book by its cover. You get to a state tournament setting. Every team is there for a reason and have earned it the hard way. And um, sometimes it's easy to look at a record and go, yeah, well, they lost to this team. It's the worst thing a team can do. Did you talk about that at all and say, hey, you know what? You just don't even think about that. A little bit. I mean, like I said, our kids are really focused and, and I, I give them a lot of credit. We, 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 we were just in the moment all year. I told our guys, you know, we live week to week all year. You can't win the weekend unless you win Thursday. So, you know, that's just the facts. So we did that all year. I don't think we lost a game on Thursday all year. So that was really important for us to stay in routine, uh, daily routine and schedules. But, uh, you know, uh, like I said, those games are going to be – everybody's on a, a winning streak heading into the state tournament. Everybody's believing in it. Um, in order to get there, every team has got a hot goaltender. That's a fact. Um, and you're trying to end somebody's season, and that's really difficult, especially with a group of kids that have, you know, have some experience or are older or have been around and with a good coach. So – you know, it's going to take every bit to not to take somebody out, and, and everybody's a tough out at that point, in my opinion. Um, the one thing you got to remember every year to to put somebody down, like everybody can end with a with a power play. You know, if you're down a goal, you can pull the extra attacker, and then so you got to be able to kill a penalty with the last two or three minutes. And if your special teams aren't dialed in, it can it can be a little tricky. You know, when you look at your scoring summary of the game against Minnetonka. You know, I, I, I have such an admiration for Hagen Burroughs as a player. Just his big body, um, skates incredibly well. But I think his hands are so quick. I think he scored that goal around the post with just quick mitts. Um, yep. Can you talk a little bit about his game? I, I just think it's so rounded. Well, I think it's a little underrated. I right. think, uh, you know, uh, people's first glance think, uh, you know, Hagen doesn't skate well, but I tell you what, he's never late. And uh, <laughs> I, I would challenge, I would challenge anybody, whether it's Hagen or Gavin Gary to, to skate with Javon Moore for the entire night and see how you look. I mean, 
it, you're, you're chasing around one of the fastest kids in high school hockey in, in recent years that's bouncing around and is you know six foot three. So, you know, Hagen is a really dynamic player. He's super uh, competitive. I think that's his first thing. He's got great hands around the net. He's a pure goal scorer. He can he can really sling it from any really any release point. Um, his shooting radius is probably twice the size of most kids at this level. Mm-hmm. He shoots at like a college level already. Um, and I think he understands that to finish a playoff, you got to be pretty tamp near tight near the net. You know, you don't, you don't see Hagen on the boards. You don't see him, uh, you know, too often below the goal line. He's in a scoring position as all goal scorers are. And I think he's, he's a kid that also um, doesn't get rattled. Like he, his focus his his intensity but he's locked in so he doesn't really get rattled if it's under a minute or if it's in the first period or ot like he's playing the game pretty consistently throughout the night and you look through the rest of the the game it was so interesting because you'd score they'd answer you'd score they'd answer then they scored you answered late like you did and then you look at who's in on this stuff hopka stout you mentioned your defenseman danny clares a lot of it generating from the back end there um, they they really and John Stout with the game winner. They really came to play and and really, I think did what you say they do. I I, I, I can you yeah. talk about their clutchness? Yeah, I mean, well, those you're talking about a bunch of kids that are going to play Division One hockey in you know two or three years. So, I mean, these, these kids are, in my opinion. Uh, very, very talented skill wise. But I think what takes all those kids that you just mentioned to the next level is their focus, their concentration. Uh, they, they think they focus like a college kid already. Like these kids are locked in and, and, and they're also very unselfish. They know they have to use each other when the moment gets big, they don't shrink. They don't start playing selfish. They actually start sharing the puck more and they start utilizing each other more. And I think that's when our game kind of gets a little bit um, more, uh, it starts to separate from other teams is our, our best players become more, more unselfish and utilize each other. And then all suddenly we look like we're on the power play because we have multiple kids sharing the puck together. So we use that comment all the time, you know, three, three guys make a line, five guys make a shift and, you know, that's an old statement that my dad taught me when I was like six years old. And it's true to this day, because in the game of hockey, if you can find a way to use each other better, you're going to be way more effective and the puck's going to find you on the return. So um, those kids, you mentioned it, I, I do think our, our defensemen are underrated. Uh, we move pucks north as well as any high school team that I've coached and I've seen. And and then we can we're allowed to, you know, then we can get some kids up in the play and uh and score some goals and add that extra attacker whether it's you know stout hupka clares you know we had those guys but on the game winning goal against edina you know robbie house was uh, the defenseman leading the rush you know robbie robbie jumped up on the play and if and if you ask our staff you would think he would be the last kid right hundred percent to do that right but but robbie robbie's fearless he understood the moment the game dictated that opportunity and he jumped at it and that's part of our coaching, but it's also part of our kids is, listen, we don't want you to shrink. We want you to make a hockey play. And, you know, Robbie's probably our most defensive defenseman, but he jumped up and he made the play and he made a great play to Ashton Schultz to finish the game. So congrats to him. Yeah. And that was, um, again, more of the depth that we're talking about. And, you know, he's a multi-sport athlete, played some football. Yep. Was he a linebacker or something? Was that his position? Yeah. He's a starting linebacker for our football team. And we love him. His compete level is super high and, you know, if it, if it takes him 
four or five weeks to get his skating legs under him by Christmas time. We'll we'll take that every day. No and you problem. know what? He stopped up to say the prayer at the banquet too. That, that I'm serious. Yep. I, I may be joking, but I'm serious. Um, I'd asked two teams, and no one wanted to do it. And uh, I called yeah, streets, a, a, and he 16, said, "I'll do 17 it." Seventeen-year-old kid. It's a it's a moment that all your eyes are on you. But uh, Robbie's a, a humble kid. He's he's fearless. He kind of embodies what we talk about in our program, and you know. Uh, I think his leadership showing off uh, even at the banquet there. That was pretty cool to yeah, see. Yeah, it was impressive to watch. So then you get Andover, you beat them 4-1, but it wasn't necessarily a 4-1 game. Again, another team, though, that you heavily outshot. It was like 34-18. The other one was 44-15. And, um, you, you know, you, you pull away in the third, you get the empty netter. Um, but it never felt like a game that you weren't not in control of. Did, I don't want to say, were you comfortable, or did you feel in that game like, you know, we're in pretty good shape well, here? I don't know if we're comfortable ever. I mean, that's the returning champion team, and they got, in my opinion, the most dynamic forward in the state. You know, Gavin Thorson's a heck of a hockey player, and that that yeah. line's about as scary as they get. You know, they have 100 goals. But our guys were committed on the scouting report to shut them down. Uh, didn't matter what line we had out there. We, we committed to playing three lines against that line. We weren't going to match specifically. Um, and we, we did make a really strong effort to make sure Hupka and Stout were out there against those two or that top line. But, um, you know, I think our kids committed to how to play that team. We're pretty fortunate. You know, we've seen dynamic lines like that in the past, um, even this year. Uh, up against us, you know, whether we're playing, you know, in the late conference or not. But I mean, I remember back in 18, we had to find a way out to stop, you know, Sammy Walker and, and, you know, our kids figured that one out too. So at, at some point it's kind of a collaborative effort. You know, we had 20 guys kind of buy into how to stop their top line and then let our depth kind of take over. Um, well, Andover's tricky, you know, they, they're, they're really, really talented, but they're also, uh, they're going to, they're going to come at you. They're not going to change their game at all. So they didn't, they didn't fall back into a defensive structure. They kind of came at us. And when you come at us a little bit, that allows us a little bit more space to operate. And then I think what you saw is that we, we can skate, you know, we play 200 feet, we get up and down pretty good and our kids were able to utilize our depth and, and smother out a little bit. So um, I didn't really ever feel like we were in super danger, but uh, at the same point, you know, starting third period, they score pretty quick. They got a power play. Our special teams kind of kicked in a little bit and took over as the night went on. But uh, Andover's a heck of a team. Um, Mark Manny's a heck of a coach. They're really good. So uh, I think that might have been a typical win for Minnetonka this year where we were just our pace is high and we can smother. But um, it, it takes a lot of different ways to win a game. Well, then you had another one with Edina, your third of the year. You know, the old adage, it takes, you know, it's tough to beat a good team three times. That cliche is real. And, uh, you know, you had the one nothing game at Braemar earlier in the year, which I thought was a classic. I thought you guys were really good in that game and deserved a little higher of a, uh, a goal total, maybe. Uh, but the big goalie was pretty strong there. Uh, Robbie yep. Klarkowski, but then you get to you you at home. You you had a really strong game, finished him there. I think that was four nothing. But then you get the rematch. Nothing you don't know about these kids. Nothing your kids don't know about them. You and Kurt see each other all the time, and uh, you know what? That game was uh, absolutely. Um, a, a, I would say a true hockey fan's treat to watch. Well, for sure. And I, and I uh, think I had a radio interview earlier in the day and they said, what do you expect? I said, I expect a one goal game, perhaps overtime. 
Like that's what it's going to look like. Uh, I don't, you know, just in recent memory, I have a hard time thinking of too many games that were decided by more than a goal against Edina. So, you know, usually it's two to two. I usually joke with Kurt and say, Hey, listen, why don't we just start in overtime? Yeah, you know, right. let's save, every, save everybody the three hours and let's just start in this third period at two to two and, and, and play out a period and see what happens. But um, that, it, it's a joke, but it's kind of true. You know, we're going to match each other really well. Um, I think our four zero in at home was probably the outlier. I think we jumped on them early and then we had a couple special teams goals, but the, you know, the game at, at Braemar was for the late conference championship. Uh, one zip was about right. I think it was zero zero deep into the third and then we scored uh, and then kind of locked down. And, and I think that kind of, emulated what it was going to look like on, on Saturday where it was going to be really strategic. Um, it felt more like a college game, to be honest with you. There wasn't a lot of odd man rushes. Special teams were going to be really, really important, which they were. Uh, you had to play really smart um, defensively. You had to match up your, your, your matches really well on the lines. Uh, I thought it was just a really good hockey game to showcase the level of play that high school kids can actually play at at this level. Well, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine whose hockey uh, intellect I, I fully respect. And the one thing that he said was exactly what you said from the college level of play. He said, you know, when you when you look at that game for the entirety of it, for all 51 minutes, I, I can't think of high school kids playing defensively and more responsibly on both sides as that game. And it was absolutely a treat to watch. Because nobody was really making major mistakes, and they were so to the vest, and there was just not a lot of room to move out there. And I mean, think yep. back to like, let's go to '95 when they're when they're springing Spihar for the bombs, right? You know, I mean, yeah. it's yep. like a far cry. But I think overall, just just if you're if you're looking at the health of the game and to know that you can get both of you guys, your kids, to do that, that says a lot, doesn't it? Well, I think, yeah. I mean, I think part of it is we know each other pretty well. We match up really well. If we play 10 times, I think you're going to see 10 long goal games. That's just probably over half of them are going to be in overtime. And that's kind of what they've been doing since they were peewees. So, I mean, right. I, I kind of laugh because I think on Friday, this Friday, our, our two peewee double-A teams play in the, uh, are in the state tournament. And I think our, our band double-A's are playing against each other on, on Friday afternoon. So, you know, it's going to be a one goal game there too. Like they've been doing this for years. Um, there's a lot of mutual respect, uh, between the two programs. Uh, I know, I think Kurt Giles is, is the best coach in the state. Like he's fantastic. He's a mentor. He's a friend. Uh, but he's also just a, just a really great person. And, you know, his teams are going to do it the right way. So, you know, we're proud. Like, I, you know, Minnesota hockey, we have a lot of really good coaches in the high school league right now. Like you talk about our model, you talk about things and you know, people like to poke, poke holes in it. But the reality of it is we're producing a lot of really good hockey players right now. And the level of play couldn't be higher. It really couldn't be not just from a skill level standpoint, but even strategically, our kids are prepared for the next level. And I think the college coaches uh, for sure would tell you that. I'm in full agreement and having announced this stuff forever. Um, you know, each year you see pockets or things, but I would say the trajectory uh, from even when you jumped in in 18, you know, it's been about six, seven years now where it's just starting to kind of go. It, it's just getting better and better. And it doesn't matter if it's a senior laden group or a 10th grade, 11th grade. It just seems like the overall level of play has just improved so much. Um, to get to get to this one, um, then Schultz pots that one at 825 of the third midway through. I mean, 
there it was. And the way this thing locked down, honestly, from my observation, I'm like, I, I, I said to a buddy of mine, good luck for the Hornets to score. Um, did you feel your team yeah. just say, hey, no more at that point? And we're, how how comfortable with, were you with their yeah, defensive you know, mindset? For sure. Yeah. I mean, you go into a game like that and you kind of, okay, how are we going to handle this? Uh, you know, we had a one-zip lead going into third, um, you know, kind of what we had hoped to get to, you know, a lead in after two. Um, but we're, we're not – we're not strategically going to lock down at that point. We're going to, we're going to do what got us there. You know, we're going to skate, we're going to play fast. We're going to make other people defend. Um, but you know, and then when it turns into one goal game now, Hey, here we go. We've been here before. And uh, Schultz, he just made a heck of a play. Like he's a special player. Like the, the, that kid is just getting in his own. He hasn't hit puberty yet, but when he does look out, he's a, he's a hockey player. He's as close to Bobby Brink as I've seen in a while. So his, his skating, his vision, He's unselfish. He, he doesn't shrink in the moment. I mean, he was as calm and cool as you can see for a kid that's 16 years old in that moment, you know, in front of 20,000 people, he settled, he found the open space and then he finished. And, uh, you know, I, we, we didn't even bat an eye. We, we know what Ashton could do. So, but at eight, eight minutes left in the game, you know, I'm looking at coach Aronson and we're sitting there and it's like, Hey, listen, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Our third line is going to keep playing. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to get to that point, you know, and I think that, you get the TV timeout after six minutes and that gives you a little bit of a breather. Uh, at that point, I know that, you know, Kurt's going to probably get another timeout in there too. I've got my timeout. Um, we can probably move down to two lines, but that wasn't our strategy. Uh, but defensively, like I said, you know, we've been in a lot of these games and we can stay above the puck. Um, we're not going to expose ourselves. It's not going to turn into a track meet. So if you're going to score on us, you're going to have to, you're definitely gonna have to pull your goalie or get a power play. And you're going to have to get inside us and you're going to have to outnumber us. And that's pretty difficult to do. And our, I think our kids did a good job locking down. You had that big kill late in the third. Uh, I don't really know if they generated much of anything, if I remember correctly. Well, our penalty kill, like you talk about special teams, you know, I tell the kids, you know, when we way back in November, even during the summer, more working and stuff like that. It's just like, hey guys, special teams separate you in big moments. And it, it, it just does. So, you know, I think we scored on the power play a couple of times in the tournament that separated us with Andover. It got us on the board early against Edina, separate a little bit there. But then defensively, people forget your penalty kill is a separator too. Like our kids didn't let them in the zone. I thought we were really good on a four check there. And when they did get in, we smothered pretty quick and never got them set up. So I think, I think it a lot goes to our PK strategy. Steve Johnson, our D coach leads our PK. He does a wonderful job of that. Our kids are in the right spots, but they, they their gaps are tight. Their sticks are in the right lanes. Uh, and we're kind of, if you notice, we're kind of dictating the play a little bit, even from the penalty kill strategy. Like we're, we're dictating what we want to have happen out there rather than the other way around. So uh, our, our penalty kill was, I, I think, perfect on the weekend. And you just don't win a championship without that. You don't. And, uh, you know, they always say uh, special teams, goaltending, and a little bit of luck uh, can help take you a long way, but that's for sure. So when you look at your rosters, we move ahead into uh, next season. Obviously, you mentioned the seniors um, that would be moving uh, on to graduation. You've got a number of high-impact juniors and even sophomores, but mostly let's just go to the juniors for now. Do you see, um, I mean, I'm going to ask the question, are you going to see these guys in Tonka uh, Skipper sweaters next year? Uh, I, I have no reason to believe not. These kids are fully committed to Minnetonka. Uh, they are generally really enjoy playing with each other. 
Um, and, and I think it's the right path for them to be honest with you right, right now. Um, you know, most of these kids need to age out at every level to achieve their dreams. And, you know, when we bring our alumni back, um, that's what these guys are telling our kids, you know, they're, they're in college hockey or they're moving on to pro hockey. And even, you know, we were able to bring a guy like Matt Hendricks into our locker room before the playoffs start, you know, he's with the wild and he's player development. And he's like, guys, listen, like you want to perform well, it's, it's part of the process. But if you want to achieve your goals in hockey, you know, age out, like you need to, you need to figure this out. It takes a while. And I think coming from a guy like that or seeing our alumni that have gone through it, you know, they're telling our guys, listen, age out, like play out. You know, we got Luke Holheide at Duluth, you know, going back for his fifth year to be another captain here at Duluth, right? We got Josh Luke, he's telling us that stuff. We got other guys bouncing back and telling us that they've been there and done it. Like age out, enjoy it. You know, Jake Gardner for crying out loud is in our community telling us, hey, play your senior year there. And I think that's really important. And then our kids get to see it in other communities too. You know, Andover's three kids came back too. And Edina over the years have done it. So um, most of these kids aren't fast track first year, first round NHL guys. If you are, yeah. I get it. But most of these guys have to have to really age out. Um, you know, you're not a, you're not probably a pro until you're 24. So you know, you shouldn't be graduating. You know, at 22. So take your time. Uh, one thing I do know about these kids is they really love being together. Uh, the worst thing about Saturday was that our season ended. And, and that's a, that's a shame because this is a fun group to work with and they like being together. They really do. Um, so I, I think they'll all be back. That's the plan. And when they do, I, I, I was said about maybe six weeks ago, it might've been with you. I just, I think at that point I thought we were a year away still, you know, I really yeah. did. I thought, I thought that we achieved this a little bit, maybe six months earlier than I thought, but you know, kudos to our younger group of like juniors and sophomores. They figured it out earlier they aged up and we looked like we had about 20 seniors on the ice. So that was pretty cool. Well, it's really okay to master a level and uh, perfect it yeah. quote unquote, as much as you can, obviously. But I also think there's a lot in it as a player to be hunted. Um, it's one thing to do it, you know, as, as just a really good team. But if you bring back a good chunk of players, everybody's coming after you and you're going to get their a plus plus game, even teams you wouldn't expect it from that's gotta make you better. For sure. Like at some point, if you want to have a long career in hockey, you got to be a leader somewhere. Right. You, know, you have to, you have to wear a letter. You have to, you have to own the locker room. You have to be haunted a little bit, like you mentioned. And then you also have to master the level. You can't chase every level and then think you're going to figure it out. Um, I think everybody that's in player development would tell you that too. So, uh, but these kids, you know, like uh, uh, the scary thing is I don't think there's a razor in our locker room. The kids don't shave. There, there's not really a kid in there that looks like he's, you know, 20 years old. And, and in 2018, you know, we had half our kids had beards, Yeah. you know, and this year we look like a bunch of, you know, kids that are just starting to figure it out. So it's a different group. Uh, it always is a different group. I think these kids would do really well if they stuck together. We're very, very fortunate at Minnetonka where, you know, day in and day out, we can have our, our top lines go against each other in practice every day. So it, that's hard to replicate in a lot of areas. Um, we're very fortunate we can do that. Um, you know, people are said, geez, I can't believe you're throwing out, you know, your so-called third line against, you know, Andover's top line on a regular basis on Friday night. I'm like, well, we see it every day. Like our, 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 our line of, you know, those seniors with Wonski every day, they're, you know, Robbie House, Danny Clares, and that that line, they're facing Javon Moore, Hagen Burroughs, Gavin Gary, Hupka, Stout. Every day they are. 
and they're stopping them in practice. So we didn't really ever hesitate that they couldn't do it in a game against somebody else. So, you know, we can replicate that. We're pretty fortunate. And then the other thing is we have probably the toughest schedule in the state. You know, I think our late conference teams prepare us really well. And then our section does too. So I don't think there's in a 16 week sprint. I don't think there's a reason to leave. I think the model at Minnesota works really, really well because you can do stuff in the fall, like the elite league. You can play triple A hockey. Um, you can play pre and post if you want to. And then at the end of the year, if you're good enough, you can go play junior hockey for 10 or 15 games. So actually the model works perfectly in Minnesota because you get a little bit of everything, you know, it helps your development to play in different environments but it also helps your development because you never really get settled, but you have success. So I think I, I think that's a really good thing for our kids. I think over the years it's shown that, and I'd be shocked if our kids uh, didn't believe in it. This message should be heard by all, by the way. That's a very important part to what the model's about and why we all do what we do. When the lights went off and you know it all was gone the sellies were done and i'm sure there were some tears of saying goodbye you know some the, these guys are done now um when that all ended in your home you're with your wife and you're hanging what were the thoughts what what was the first moment that came to your mind of when you uh recollected the season and the weekend well that we did it you know it's just a sprint and uh, i kind of got to pinch yourself you kind of feel like you're in a in a dream you know um, I don't have too many regrets from 2018, but I told the kids, um, the one regret I had is I didn't, I didn't take the moment that, that year to just sit down with the kids in the locker room and just soak it in and be quiet. So I actually forced that on Saturday night, got back from the couple of the interviews with the press and a couple of the kids got back with me and I just said, everybody sit down and shut the doors, lock them up. We're going to take two minutes. And we're just going to be super quiet. We're just going to eyeball each other for a little bit. And that was a really good moment for me in my heart. Um, Cause it's, you know, it's really tough. You know, um, a couple of seniors are already gone playing. Uh, you might not see them again for a little bit. Graduation hits, spring break hits. Next thing you know, you're thinking about, Hey, when do we get this group back together for a reunion? And it just, it's really difficult. You know, life happens fast. Um, and these kids have a special moment together. You got to take the moment to do it. So, we did that. That was pretty cool. Um, you know, I didn't talk to my wife for four days. Uh, I felt terrible about it. She understands I'm a hockey coach and, and, and loves the fact that I'm, uh, I'm passionate about what I do. So I, I thank her a ton because you just got to check out for a little bit and, 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 and just totally dive in for four days. Uh, but it, it was awesome. Like I, there's no regrets. These are first world problems. There's every team in the state would love to be in our situation. <laughs> We're right. exhausted, but in the same boat, it's, it's what we do. It's what we live for. It's our passion. Uh, the kids are a hundred percent worth it. Uh, I do know I had, a, I had a really tough time keeping my own focus on Saturday. I remember talking to our staff before the game and the kids were in warmups and I was getting emotional at the time because I knew it was over in about three hours. I knew yeah. this was the last time. It was the last time I was going to coach Liam Hupka. It was the last time I was going to see Kaiser Nelson in a uniform. It was the last time Danny Pasco was going to play for us. Just all those seniors, that are so unselfish and they're, they're, they're so dialed in for each other. And there's just a moment of brotherhood that you just really never want it to stop. Uh, but you know, it's going to, and it, it, it becomes emotional at that point too. It does win, lose or draw. It doesn't matter. It's about that feeling. 
And unless someone hasn't coached, they don't know what that feels like. Even if it's a squirt coach, he knows what you're talking about. Totally. And it's totally. just, it's, uh, you spend a lot of time with those guys and you see so much character. And uh, I can say from upstairs, that's what we saw looking down at your team. And uh, you did a masterful job with this group. And from a hockey perspective, couldn't have uh, appreciated how your team played the game more. It was so fun. It was great. And uh, boy, those, those uh, kids sure delivered. And, um, I'm sure you guys have plenty to be proud of. Uh, Goldie, it was a great win, uh, a great season, and uh, congratulations to a special group of kids who will never forget each other. Thanks, Wags. Uh, you know, as I said way back in the you know the fall when we start interviewing and doing this stuff and promoting, you know, th- there's really nothing better than high school sports when it's done well and done right. And uh, to promote that and to showcase what these kids can achieve and do together. And, you know, you talk about our world right now being really selfish and you talk about our world being really distracted and, and, uh, and not unified. Well, show me something different right now than the state tournament that just happened. We just showed showcase 16 teams, uh, eight programs. There's probably another 30, 40 programs in the state that are qualified to be there too. Um, like high school sports brings people together. The, these kids are selfless. They're not selfish. They're unified together. Like, uh, quit looking at all the negatives. We got some really cool stuff happening at the at the high school age level. So enjoy it. That's awesome. Thanks for joining us here today. Congratulations, and uh, we'll be catching you soon. And amen, brother. See you soon. Sean Goldsworthy, Minnetonka Skippers, state champions of the Class 2A. That's going to do it for today's edition of the Overtime Podcast. I'm Pete Wagner. So long, everybody. <laughs>